You're listening to Two Therapists in Therapy, a podcast about self-acceptance, self-love, self-growth, and connection. I'm your host, Sarah Brill, a licensed clinical social worker, licensed marriage and family therapist, and EMDR trauma therapist, and an Enneagram 4. And I'm your other host, Becca Moravec, licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and certified intuitive eating counselor, and an Enneagram 2. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Becca. We're here. We're finally doing this. We're doing this. Oh. I, I have to laugh because last time you were like, are we going to record? And I was like, yeah, we're like back to our regular schedule. <laughs> you want to tell the audience why it has taken us a hot minute? Because we are both full-time working mothers who um, my answer might be different than yours, but um who just if finding a spare second to do quite honestly anything is a her- requires a Herculean effort. Yeah, and we've had like the best intentions and like I don't know, maybe four four tries yes. of like we're we're planning to meet and then something happens with our kiddos. Yes. And- or one of us isn't feeling well yeah. or it's just yeah, but we're here. We're, we're doing here. it. We're doing it. We're staying committed to the journey because we love this project. Love this project. How are you feeling? I am feeling like peaceful. Um, pretty peaceful. I had like I just like dealt with some anxiety. Um, and so like dealing with it, processing it, mm. and um in this moment I feel peaceful and uh back to my truth that it's all gonna be okay. Mm. Man, that's such a great segue into a lot of what we had mentioned wanting to talk about. It today. is. Today, I also saw a sign, like an actual sign, but also a sign Ooh. in the midst of my anxiety. It was like at a restaurant. I was driving around because my little one had fallen asleep in the car and I wanted to let her nap. So I just like drove her around for a while and it said, it's all going to be okay. And I looked at it and I was like, that is just the truth. That is. is just the truth. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love when the universe is has those little signs for us. Yes. Just when we need them. Yeah. How are you feeling, Sarah? I am feeling right in this moment. I think I'm feeling a little anxious because I think it's anxious slash excited. Um, I just really love being in this process with you. and. Um, it's one of those things that I just don't want to give up. I don't want to let go of. It's something I just get so much nourishment out of um, and just love opening ourselves up to the process and um, seeing what comes through us is just always such a exciting experience for me. And I love getting to spend time with you and connect. Um, and at the same time, we're like wedging this into like a very tight time frame. Um, and there's just a part of me that's aware of when I have to pick my little guy up. And, um, and I think I just feel a little sad that like, that is part of what life 
looks like right now is just feeling like to create time and space for myself is both really important and um, also feels loaded a lot of the time or like comes with anxiety around like um, needing to relieve a caregiver or get somewhere on time um, to pick my little guy up and um, and then some of the mom guilt that goes along with that too of like um, knowing that time for myself is so important and also um, just wanting to be the best parent that I can be and that those two things are inextricably linked, but it's just a lot to, to carry at one time. So, um, yeah, so that's, those are all the feelings I'm having right now. Well, I'm glad to be sitting here with you in your feelings and I, um, I'm aware of, of them as well. And I feel that sadness too. So, yeah. Yeah. But yay, we're here together. But we're here together. And what are we talking about? I think we're talking about just, you know, being aware of yourself um, when uh, being aware of where you're at with your mental health and like how do you become a witness to that so that you can adjust when you notice things getting hard. Is mm-hmm. that, did I say? Yeah. And not sabotage relationships, I think is, is the other piece because I think for me a lot. And when I look at my own past and history before I had done work on myself and also in working with clients and, um, just being a human interacting on the planet, I just often notice how much damage we can do when we're in a state of stress and we don't recognize that we're in a state of stress. Um, it can be pretty detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's wild to think that, um, we can be at that level of stress and not know it. But when I look back, I can see so many times where I was just like living in stress and you're right. What do we do when we're living in stress? We sabotage relationships. Mm -hmm. So what comes up for you when like, it sounds like that it looks like that pinged something. Yeah. I'm just thinking about a time where I had a job that wasn't good for my mental health, but I didn't know it because it felt fulfilling. Um, and it like tapped into like the like busyness that capitalism uh, demands of us. And I was like angry all the time (laughs) and people like experienced me as angry. Um, And I wouldn't have named it in the moment as stress, but as I've cultivated a life that is more aligned and like a work-life balance that is more aligned with um, mindfulness and slowing down, I get to have healthier relationships. And I think they're definitely connected. They're so connected. Yeah. 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 What about you? What does it bring up for you? Um, Well, I think – There are so many times in my own life on a personal level, I think I've talked a lot on this podcast about my journey with reactivity. And for me as a sensitive person, when I am, when I am stressed, it's harder for me to, to not be aware of it because I just feel things so intensely that they, they come to the surface really easily. Um, but in the past I, um, would be feeling stress and then 
like attack somebody or lay into somebody based on what I was feeling without taking time to, to pause and to own what belonged to me and to really unpack the situation and to figure out what I was feeling and what I was needing from a more grounded place. And that, that level of reactivity and impulsiveness, um, did damage in quite a few relationships that I can think of. Um, so, and it, and because it ruined some really important relationships to me in my life, I have a pretty good handle on it now because I suffered pretty intense consequences as a result that um, made me just really check myself when I get into that energy. Um, so I would say that's the way stress has manifested the most for me is is with reactivity, but I notice it. Um, a lot in my work with people, I think depending on how people process feelings, sometimes people can be in a stress state and, and really have no idea because it, it's working for them in some ways. Um, or, um, yeah, because it's working for them in some ways, like, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I'm just making all these connections right now. Tell me what you're saying is, I mean, so we're talking about like noticing your mental health, like health, your mental health and wellness or mental decline, right? And we're relating that to stress, right? When when we're not doing well, we can directly correlate that to stress. And when we direct that to stress, how we do deal with stress is our like armor or our um, defense mechanism that we've built. And that can often be destructive if we don't um, have awareness about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, just what you're saying is their defense mechanisms for, a uh, a reason, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it can be helpful because it thinks it's protecting you, mm-hmm. but relationally it's usually not helpful. Mm-hmm. It usually does the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And coming in. So I'm curious, you said, I have a really good handle on that now because of, the consequences I've suffered. So how do you notice, like, how do you navigate that now when you notice that stress and those, your defense mechanisms come up, what do you do? Well, for me on a personal level, like when (laughs) this is going to sound a bit crass, but uh, I think we've said plenty of crass things (laughs) thus far, but actually one of my best friends told me this quote, I, I don't know who initially said this, but the quote is you can always um, tell someone to go fuck themselves tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And so like whenever I'm, whenever I have that intense desire to like give someone a piece of my mind and it's, it's for me, it's visceral. Like I, I'm sure if I had a mirror in front of me, I'm like my face would tighten. I like probably look like I'm ready to fight someone. I mean, and it's funny because I come across as it's interesting because I think I come across as a pretty warm and inviting and genuinely kind person. But when I'm when I'm triggered, I I really turn into a fiery energy. Um and so yeah, just that part of me that like is ready to put my dukes up and just give somebody a piece of my mind. For me, I, the second I feel that it's like, um, I, it's like the, I envision like alarm bells going off in my head of like, okay, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Do not do anything right now. 
breathe, uh, breathe, 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 and just do not do anything until your heart calms down, until you can figure out exactly what you're feeling, exactly what you're needing. And then I tell myself, you don't want to destroy any relationships. Everybody in your life you love, you don't want to hurt anyone. You want to communicate in a really, um, like considerate way. And you want to give everybody in your life the benefit of the doubt. You know, nobody's coming from a intentionally harmful place. Um, these are things I tell myself and then I get really clear about, okay, like there's something that happened that made me feel violated that crossed a line. And sometimes I actually have to reach out to a friend. Yesterday, I reached out to you over something. I have to pick up the phone and say, like, help me talk through this. Because when the stress takes over, it's so intense. Sometimes it's hard to get clear about, like, what actually just happened and what does belong to me and what does belong to the other person. And I need an external perspective to help me um, get clear. But once I can get clear about like what was my line that was crossed, what do I feel, what do I need from myself, what do I need from the other person, then I um, try to put that, frame that in a way that takes the other person's position into consideration too and then figure out a way to communicate that that is kind. Um, But that's kind of like what my process looks like and what stress looks like for me when it when it manifests. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly, I want to say one more thing and then I want to yeah. hear for you. For Marcus, my husband, he is a, when he is stressed, he goes into th- like thinking mm. and strategy and like mapping things out. Like crazy, like I don't like the word crazy, but like maniacally. <laughs> Intensely. <laughs> Intensely. Like it doesn't matter what um what it could be like the groceries, like how we're going to tackle the grocery store or like packing for a trip five days in advance or like, um, I don't know, talking through like how a conversation is going to be approached with another person, uh, like in an incredibly thoughtful, like overly thoughtful way. When I see him doing that, I know that he's in a stress state. Um, and then, you know, he can be reactive if provoked, but but his like stress, people that don't know him well wouldn't necessarily know that he is stressed mm-hmm. because he's just, they might even perceive him as really withdrawn. Mm-hmm. He gets very quiet and very in his head, but he's actually like incredibly stressed. Yeah. So it shows up differently for people. Yeah. And I mean, I can't help but think of this in language of the Enneagram. Right. So in stress, I uh, lead with a two on the Enneagram and in stress, I can do two things. Like my, my first mental health, uh, like signal that I'm not doing well is I repress. Mm -hmm. So like I get quiet and withdrawn. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm smirking a little bit because Marcus leads with an eight on the Enneagram. So he goes to two in like intense stress Mm -hmm. and I go to eight in intense stress, but in like normal level stress, I can just like totally shut down. Um, and so when I... Wait, doesn't he go to two in growth? He goes to oh, five. Yeah, I'm stress. wrong. I'm wrong. That's, yeah. So he goes heady. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm wrong. I said that wrong. That's Sorry. okay. No, that's okay. Continue, continue. Um, Keep saying what you what happens to you. Yeah, ignore everything I just said. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> okay. but as a two on the Enneagram, I go, I like, I go inward and I like stop talking to people. And um, so one of my like, 
my antennas come up, when I feel myself start to do that, I used to let it go. And then people would be like, where did you go? Right. And that's like not very good in relationships to like go through stuff and not share. Um, and so I really, um, the self-talk is like your, your stress is not a burden. Your friends want to hear from you. You can share it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like really like with some gusto, like <laughs> make myself call a friend or send a text and just say like, Hey, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels really important to mm-hmm. me. Those antennas that go up mm-hmm. and then like in extreme stress, I go to an eight, um, on the Enneagram so I can get really angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and explode and that is also detrimental to relationships uh-huh. because it feels like it comes out of, like it feels like zero to 60 mm-hmm. with me like mm-hmm. you were just like quiet and fine and now like you're my husband would be like mm-hmm. and now you're yelling mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I think that noticing like when I'm in that state a lot the other thing that is important for me is going to therapy mm-hmm. um, what does that do for you it lets me sort it out and talk mm-hmm. it out like not live in my anger but um, access the sadness behind it Mm -hmm. and then begin to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, I live in stress when I'm not asking for my needs to be met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because there is like a lot of times to get out of our stress, we still have to release our feelings. Yes. That's yeah. Ending the stress cycle Mm -hmm. is something that, um, the Nagoski sisters talk about in the book burnout, um, that like the stress has to go somewhere. They give this metaphor. I think that like, if you're being chased by a lion and the lion goes away, you don't suddenly like feel better. Mm -hmm. You might like collapse in tears. You might right like the stress has to end. Mm -hmm. It's like animals when they Uh are play fighting, like, or they're not, or they're actually fighting. Like there's that, is it Peter Levine, that like video of the polar bears, fighting and they're like in a trauma state and then they have to shake it off because and I don't know if you've ever seen a dog do that where their body shakes it's like you're releasing the pent-up emotion yeah so that would be finding like a healthy way to release it Mm -hmm. would be part of keeping ourselves mentally healthy Mm -hmm. and not sabotaging relationships Mm -hmm. what do you do to release stress like in a healthy in in a productive way Um, well, definitely talking about my feelings for sure. Um, like yesterday when I called you and just talked through what was going on and literally venting, um, and then getting to, uh, uh, like you said at the beginning when you were saying you're feeling a little anxious, then you came up with a solution or like a way to move forward with what you were feeling. I think when, when I can process with someone who um, can both hold space and hold me accountable, like, um, in terms of like knowing, helping me to identify what part I'm playing, um, that helps me also just on like a daily self-care sort of level for me, exercise is a huge, uh, stress reliever for me. The endorphins that I get from it are really help me on a mental health level um so i'm nodding my head because research backs this up that Uh like moving your body is actually one of the best things you can do to close the stress cycle Mm, that's so fun i mean it makes total sense which i think about it like if you're like 
in a fight with a friend, with a partner, with a family member, like go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And that might feel like such, that can feel like such patronizing advice. But the truth is like, it helps. It helps. Yeah. Because we have to move the stress through our body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so much gets stuck otherwise. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, writing for me can really help. Like there, there have been times when Marcus and I have been in a disagreement. And if I just literally sit with my journal about and write down all the things I'm angry about and get it on paper, then it helps me to process through again, what belongs to him, what belongs to me and how can I, how can I bring whatever I'm upset with up in a way that's going to feel productive um, without just coming at, coming at him sideways from a really reactive, uh, like destructive place. So those are the practices that help me. What about you? Um, for me would be one that I practice that I want to do more is movement. I'm still, and maybe we'll talk about this sometime. I'm still like reclaiming movement from diet culture. Um, but that's like such a huge reason to reclaim movement, um, is literally for my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I got back on my Peloton the other night. Um, I've like tried a few times postpartum and I'm like getting back into a rhythm and like my stress totally dissipated Mm -hmm. like I got off and was like smiling Mm -hmm. like beaming Mm -hmm. I was like oh this is amazing Mm -hmm. um but and I'm still in the midst of my self-challenge of 100 days of meditation and that feels really important to me Mm -hmm. because um I so can repress my stress Mm -hmm. and like then become passive aggressive and angry and like not even know why myself Mm -hmm. um and so that is helping me like be with myself, sit with myself, stay grounded in the truth that it's all going to be okay. Yeah. And something that's so interesting that just came up as I was listening to you, um, that for some reason that, that imagery made me think of is one, one way that I've heard anxiety and stress talked about is that it's ruminating. Like we get anxiety when we're having ruminating thoughts and thoughts come before feelings and overthinking is numbing. So a lot of times we don't realize that we're stressed because we we feel numb, like it's a numbing action. And so it's not until or a numbing experience, even though like our heart might be pounding or our palms might be sweaty. There's there's a general like numbness associated with um, anxiety for a lot of people, and so or overthinking. And so it's fascinating to me that you got on the Peloton and you were able to release some of that cortisol and then you were able to tap more into your happiness and your joy. Um, but for a lot of people who live in a chronic state of stress, like I'm thinking about growing up with a dad who was an emergency room doctor and just in a workaholic, like I'm pretty certain that he never got out of a stress state and, um, like if you asked him, he wouldn't say he was stressed. Yeah. Because he was so used to living that way. Yeah. And so many, I think that was like the catalyst to this conversation Yeah, is so much mental health is, or mental, like stri- mental wellness or, yeah. or like mental when we're unhealth. struggling mentally. Yeah. When yeah. we're struggling mentally is because you people are living in perpetual states of stress. Yeah. 
and yeah. don't realize it. And don't realize because it. they're used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think that I've even had the experience of having people like not want to slow down. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to address my stress because my stress is what keeps me going. Yeah. Right. It's what makes me money. It's what um, keeps me like in in somebody's mind being a good mom. Like it keeps me busy. It keeps me fit, active, like whatever it keeps me. But um, but they're <laughs> like, I just like want to be like, we have to slow down. You have to slow down. Yeah. Well, because there's a price we pay. There's a huge price we pay. Because it's really hard to connect on a deeper level. When we're in a state of stress. Yeah. And this feels like it's like it almost feels so simple and it is so hard because I'm I'm sitting here. I got like goosebumps or like moved as as we were talking about this, thinking like, oh, I could do this. Like I could really tap into my happiness and joy if mm-hmm. I give myself the space mm-hmm. to close my stress cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm, say more. It just made me emotional. Like I want to do that more, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I as a therapist, I sometimes live in my stress without recognizing mm-hmm. it. And I think I recognize it more than a lot of people mm-hmm. because this is my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could, I really could attune to myself even more. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that's making me think about, and I actually had a session this week where this came up was like, I think understanding the role that stress plays in mental unhealth Um actually is a compassion builder because if we can understand that when people act out and obviously, I mean, people are capable of really awful violent things. Um, and I'm not saying those things are ever, ever, ever okay, but I would argue, and I would love to talk to a neuroscientist about this, but I would argue that whenever we're doing things that are, that could be deemed as violent or hurtful, or destructive that it comes from a place of stress. It doesn't come from a place like even when if someone is like um, plotting to hurt another person, it comes from a place of stress. It it comes from a place of being dysregulated inside. Um, and so, like I think if we were to look at each other in that way, like oh that person is acting really like coming at me sideways they're really stressed like let me help them try to get regulated or let me take a break from this until they can get regulated or let me set a boundary until they can get regulated and then we can revisit this and obviously that takes the other person being willing to to engage and safety Uh, yeah but even just at the very least like I think it just helps us understand each other better and not take things as personally. Yes. Um, Cause I know for me sometimes when I felt hurt by another person or felt attacked by another person, I can go into a place of like, what's wrong with me? What did I do? Instead of like, this person is in a state of stress and I'm totally willing to work it through once they get more regulated, but their stress also doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And like thinking in my partnership when I'm like stressed and in my like rage, um, like the most helpful thing that Chad can do is like hug me and tell me it's mm-hmm. going to be okay, yeah. which is co-regulation, right? Yeah. Like, cause he's actually regulating my body with his. And then I like can see clearly again. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that is not, 
his responsibility to do that, but he he can, as my partner, be invited into helping me co helping me regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as I'm also doing the work, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it is wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like even crime, like we see like upticks in crime in times of stress, mm-hmm. poverty. Um, the opioid opioid crisis right like it's because people are living in the stress cycle Mm -hmm. not taken care of Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it is so like it to me it's just like the most one of the most important concepts when it comes to mental health is like the role that stress is playing and where the stress is coming from yeah so so if you're listening and you're like Uh, maybe, maybe having an aha or, or my question for listeners and for myself to reflect on after we are done with this is how is stress showing up in your life? Like to have antennas and like, like antennas up, like where you're witnessing and like, oh, this is where I'm stressed and how do I attune to it? And I forgot to ask you, or maybe I already did, but remind me, how do you handle your stress. Oh, I was saying I got on the Peloton and meditation mostly. Uh Um, and then, and, and telling friends, Uh Uh, that's like the biggest one for me is to Mm -hmm. not repress it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is to name it out Mm -hmm. loud. Yeah. Feels hard Mm -hmm. because my story is I shouldn't be stressed because that's the pride of the two. Mm. Like I should just be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. Which causes more stress. Yeah. Yeah. And then causes me to be passive aggressive, which is super not fun to be around somebody who's passive aggressive. Yeah. But, (laughs) but, but, um, but yeah, but whatever you're feeling upset about matters. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's not about not being upset. It's just about directly communicating it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to, I hope that didn't sound patronizing did, or like I'm did, teaching you because I know I don't need to teach you anything. No, you can teach me. And that's a, that's actually a huge growth edge of mine is to tell people when I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I can easily say if I'm upset at like a situation or I'm mm-hmm. stressed about something, but I have a really hard time sharing when mm-hmm. someone makes me mad. Sarah mm-hmm. knows this. She'll like be like, you're mad. Are you mad? Are you mad? <laughs> well, you've gotten good. You've gotten pretty good at telling me. Don't you think? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yep. You can always tell me when you're mad. I know. I will never be mad at you for that. See, and these are the layers and layers. Like this is like it's not so simple. Like it is simple. It's as simple as attuning to your stress. And it's also there's narratives to uncover and work to be done. And um, but coming back to like a compassionate place that says I want to attune to my stress and handle it differently is a starting place. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, there's so many more things I'm thinking of, but um, we have to wrap up. We so have to wrap we'll, up. We will um, to be continued. Yes, to be continued. I'm so happy we made time for this, and to all our listeners who have stuck with us through our our um beginning. Yes, our uh, matrescence. Yes, and beginning phases into motherhood and finding time for this. We really appreciate you, and we are committed to this to this project. So, um, know that we're not going anywhere. Our schedule just might be a little more, um, spotty at times. Yeah. yeah. Do you have an encouragement? Um, I want to hear yours first. Okay. Um, my encouragement is to take some time to check in with yourself and, um, 
ask yourself what you could do to close your stress cycle. Mm. Just be compassionate of where you are with your mental health. And it's okay if you're not in a great place. Just start there. Yeah, I love that. And I think mine is, and this just connects to the last thing I wanted to say. So yay. Um, Is if you are an overthinker and like find yourself living in a more like overthinking type space and that's what feels comfortable to you and tapping into your feelings feels intimidating because it's uncharted territory uh know that that's okay and that's normal and also feelings do not last forever they um they can't last forever they're like clouds they pass so if you if you have the courage to tap into your feelings and get out of your head um to just know that it will help you to feel less stressed inevitably and it will pass beautiful signing off bye 